That Michelin Web Signed, starring David Mitchell and Robert Webb, with Olivia Coleman and James Barton. Redbeard, if I finish chipping this flint by time when sun is hottest, do you reckon that you could get it tied to a stick by time when we all get hungry? I don't think so, Big Feet. You're forgetting. Today we've all got to go to clearing where we go sometimes, from time when cricket shut up until time we go back to our huts. Really? What for? Today's Bronze Orientation Day. Bloody hell. We don't have to go to that, surely? I think so. It's tribe-wide. Bugger. I tell you what, I am sick of hearing about bronze. Bronze, bronze, bronze. What's wrong with stone? Has stone stopped working or something? Apparently, bronze will revolutionise the way we hunter-gather. Big feet. Look out. Wise woman's been captured by a shiny stranger. Guys, guys, don't worry. This is Harry Back from Tribe in the Valley who have lots of jewellery all of a sudden. <laughs> They'll be leading our bronze orientation day. Harry Beck, this is Big Feet and Redbeard, our foremost chipper and tyre. Great. Then you're exactly the people I need to get through to. And my message for you is this. Don't be afraid of bronze. <laughs> really. Uh, unless someone who has a bronze axe is fighting you with it, then you should be afraid, because bronze is brilliant. <laughs> Meet bronze. Bronze is your friend. It's user-friendly, multi-purpose, exciting, zeitgeisty, and most important of all, it's shiny. Bronze doesn't even need to be chipped. Stone is dead. Prepare for the age of bronze. Hey! Uh, yes, you have a question. Uh, yeah, when you say bronze doesn't need to be chipped, right, my question is, doesn't it? <laughs> no! Uh, with new modern smelting, old-fashioned laborious chipping is a thing of the past. Right, because I'm a chipper, you see. Well, uh, I won't lie to you, chippers as a breed are going to go the way of the sabre-toothed tiger. Ah! No, no, I... <laughs> I mean they're going to be extinct. Um, but have you considered retraining as a smelter? No, no, I haven't. You see, smelting might be fine for the lads, but I'm no smelter. And quite frankly, your bronze may be terribly clever, but stone is all my old dad ever needed to feed a family of as many hands as I have, and then more than that. So what I say is, as a tribe, why don't we leave bronze to the smart Alex and the whiz kids and carry on using stone axes, same as we've always done? Because if you do, the tribes with bronze axes will come and kill you. Oh. Um, uh, well... Will the bronze still need tying to sticks? Oh, yes. Cracking. <laughs> and we asked the health minister to comment on that story, but she just yawned. But who needs her when we've got you? What do you think about this issue? Do you have any thoughts? What are those thoughts? Will you tell us them? Any thoughts at all will do. If you have them, we want to hear them. Are you personally affected by this issue? Then email us. Or if you're not affected by this issue, can you imagine what it would be like if you were? Or if you are affected by it but don't want to talk about it, can you imagine what it would be like not being affected by it? Why not email us and tell us? <laughs> yes, why not? What possible reason could there be for you not to email us? <laughs> Certainly ignorance shouldn't be a bar. You may not know anything about the issue, but I bet you reckon something. So, so why not tell us what you reckon? Let us enjoy the full majesty of your uninformed ad hoc reckon by going to bbc.co.uk slash radio 4, clicking on what I reckon, and then simply beating on the keyboard with your fists or head. 
Brow of the hill, fourth gear, 140, then left, left into the next corner. Then on the accelerator, hard, fifth gear, 185. Fifth gear, 185. Now through the dip and then brake, brake for third gear, 110, two turns. Right, right, then left, left, then on the power again. Left, left, then power on again. Shall I check my seatbelt in case I've done it up wrong? I'm sorry? Never mind. Doesn't matter. Look, you've obviously got something to say, so why don't you just say it? I don't like the way you're always telling me how to drive. <laughs> I'm your navigator. That's my job. What's brought all this on? All I'm saying is that I'm a perfectly good driver. I never said you weren't. I've got no points on my licence. I'm an excellent parker, and I recently won the Rally of Denmark. Look, I have every confidence in your driving ability. Then why have you spent this entire rally holding onto the handbrake? <laughs> there are just a lot of idiots on the road. God, your voice is annoying. Seriously, your voice makes me want to drive into a tree. <laughs> Deliberately this time. You're a Spurs fan? Well, my family are. I'm not really into football. Spurs, eh? Right, I'm going to let you off after what we did to you last week. I'm sorry? I'll forget you're a Spurs fan after what we did to you. What you did to me, you didn't do anything to me. We were a man down, you fluke a penalty, but we wallop you with two in extra time. That 92nd minute, mate, you had it coming. <laughs> Perhaps you've mistaken me for a professional goalkeeper or something, but um, <laughs> I, I wasn't actually on the pitch, you know. We're going to trolley you in the league. We? We? You, you weren't on the pitch either. As far as I know, you were in the back bar of the red line with Adrian and Mike, watching the game on the television. The way we're playing, we're going to be unstoppable this season. For God's sake, stop! Twelve points ahead with a game in hand. You don't stand a chance. We've got it in us to go all the way. Can I ask you something? Do you remember when we were chasing the Germans and we were punched through the windscreen and went under that lorry but climbed back onto it and beat the driver up? What? When we were chasing the Nazis, they'd stolen the Ark of the Covenant and we were trying to get it back. Uh, you've lost me. In Raiders of the Lost Ark? It, it's a film I like, so I've decided that myself and anyone else who likes it was actually in it taking part. <laughs> Do you like Raiders of the Lost Ark? Not particularly. Oh, you're not one of us. Ah, right, well, at the end, we're tied to a stake in the ground and you lot open the Ark of the Covenant and the wrath of God comes out and melts your face. No, no. No, you can't do that. Yes, I can. I really like that film, so I'm in it. That's... that's not the same. It's exactly the same. I've as much claimed to be personally involved in Raiders of the Lost Ark as you've got to be in whatever it was your football team did last week. You don't understand football, so... Well, I'll admit, I can't quite follow how you, a man who lives over 200 miles from the home ground of your chosen team, can claim some deep attachment to a bunch of overpaid hired hands from all four corners of the globe who temporarily wear the same coloured shirt as you're currently wearing. But maybe I'm a bit slow. It's probably brain damage from all that boxing I did in Raging Bull. Typical Spurs fan. In a stormy time... What's wrong with miles per hour, Francis? When one man's stiff breeze... I've told you, miles per hour are far too accurate. ...was another's fresh gale... The measurement must be more vague and anecdotal. One hydrographer changed the world. Right! Ready? Francis, please! <laughs> Force ten! Sufficient to blow wife from drawing room! But the world did not want to know. Mr. Beaufort, I am a man of science, and I do not wish to have my valuable time frittered away with your talk of smoke and trees. Get out before I have you shot! 
One man's vision. What's it like out, Jane? I couldn't possibly say so. I don't have a vocabulary. Then I will give you the vocabulary, Jane. I will make it my purpose. One man's quest. I need the money, Mr. B, and I need it now. Or we take the lot. Give me a week, just one week, to measure how many leaves of cello score can be blown through the drawing room window, and you will have your money. One man's obsession. Gentlemen, I am nine-twelfths of the way to completing my revolutionary scale. I say. Bye, Joe. Good show, Francis. Only yesterday I finally identified the point at which umbrella use becomes difficult. Well, well. My word. From the producer of Cyclone. Wind speed, wind speed, wind speed. It's all I ever hear. It's driving us apart. And the director of It's a Bit Nippy Out. That's it. I've got it! I've got it, Henrietta! I've got it! Force two! Listen, darling! Force two leaves Russell! Oh, Francis, it's perfect! The true story of the man behind the scale. What's it like out, Jane? I'd say dust and loose paper were raised, sir, and small branches are beginning to move. Just as I thought, Jane. A moderate breeze. Force four. Yes, Mr. Beaufort, sir. Beaufort. This summer, inspiration is off the scale. Here's some of the feedback we've had so far. Terry from Norwood reckons it's a sad indictment of the way we live. Sanjay from Blackpool reckons it isn't. Pamela from Carlisle wonders what Wordsworth would say, and she thinks she knows. (laughs) And Arthur from Northampton would like a fire brigade. Quickly, for God's sake, he's trapped, he's trapped. Thanks for those, and keep those emails coming. It is, for some reason, apparently vital that you do. At Brow the Hill, fourth gear, 140, then left, left into the next corner. You really have got a nerve. What? I mean, it's a bit rich, you having a pop at me when you're the unprofessional one. Give me one example of something I've done which is in the least bit unprofessional. (laughs) At least he doesn't need the toilet again. (laughs) Look, we're really losing time now. That's all that matters to you, isn't it? How quickly can we get there? That is sort of the point of racing. When we started, there was so much more to it than that. You know, the companionship, the sense of adventure, just enjoying the countryside. Tell you what, you speak to the managing director of Citroen and see if he's happy for us to finish last, just as long as we've noticed some vaults. <laughs> now, put your foot down. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Why have we stopped? OK, OK, I want you to start rallying again right now. Will you rally? Now we're in the way of a Subaru. I'm only going to rally if I can do it my way for a change. Fine, anything to get us on the move again. Oh, shut up! Sit down, Mr. Coleman. I'm, I'm afraid I've got bad news about your account. Really? I'm very sorry to say that someone's stolen your identity. Oh, God. Do you know who it was? Well, they said they were you, but... Uh... Uh, yeah, of course. So, um, what happened? Well, it was on the bank website. Someone logged in and committed identity theft electronically. I see. Did they take anything else? Uh, no. Oh, good. So, all the money's still there. What? Well, it's just my identity that's gone. None of your money. Well, no, they did. They, they emptied your account. It's, it's identity theft. They took all the money? That sounds more like a bank robbery. No, no, if only. No, because uh, we, we could take the hit. No, no, it was uh, actually your identity that was stolen, but primarily. It's a massive pisser for you. But it's actually money that's been taken? Yes. From you? Uh, c- 
kind of. Well, I don't know what you want from me other than my commiserations. No, you see, it was your identity that... They didn't just... Um, that they said they were you. And you believed them? Yes, they stole your identity. Well, I don't know, because I seem to have my identity. <laughs> Whereas you seem to have lost several thousands of pounds. In the light of that, I, I'm not clear why you think it's my identity that was stolen rather than your money. I, I know it can look a bit like that, Mr Coleman, but the sad fact is that absolutely nothing has been taken from this multi-billion pound bank, whereas what they've taken from you, a small businessman with a wife and children, is your whole self. Nobody move! <laughs> hold up! Put the money in the bag! You, you mean the identities? Just give us the money! <laughs> you masquerading as dozens if not hundreds of customers how, how dare you steal their identities right let's move it oh the humanity <laughs> and now we can only watch as the hyena pack closes in on the helpless limping baby thompson's gazelle Leave it alone, you bastards! No, no, Barry, harsh as it seems. As natural history filmmakers, we can't interfere in the course of events in the wild. Why can't we? Well, because we can't interfere in the sage ways of nature. Its grand process is wiser than we can ever understand from our limited perspective. Yeah, well, even so, I'm going to take this branch and beat the crap out of those hyenas. <laughs> no, you, you can't. This gazelle is weak. It's injured. It would have been killed if we hadn't been here. No, it wouldn't. We hit it with a Land Rover. That's, that's why it's limping. It was prancing around happy as anything until you clipped it with the bull bars. I'm going... Barry, no! Get, get off it! Go on, leave it It on. looks like it's working. Uh, the hyenas are leaving. Yes, but I, I think that's because they've seen the lion. <laughs> can you get a shot of that? Uh, OK, but shouldn't we warn him? No. All we can do now is film the majestic, unfolding saga before us. Shoot it! Shoot the lion! Really, shouldn't we do something? No, nature is wise. <laughs> if we hadn't been here, this sound recordist would have been eaten anyway. Oh, God, he's got my leg! Ah, ah. Keep rolling. Nature is wise. <laughs> nature is wise. Ah, oh, great, the hyenas are back now. Welcome to another edition of Not Listening to Martin. My guests this week are Baroness Greyrig, Chair of the Social Reform Commission. Hello. Welcome. And Martin Bright, founder of the charity Action for Homelessness. It's Michael Bright, actually, and I'm the conductor of the Newcastle Sinfonietta. <laughs> Baroness Greyrig, did you hear something just then? Not a thing. No. <laughs> Hill, fourth gear, 140, then left, left into the next court. Please, can we go faster than 30 miles an hour? It's a perfectly sensible driving speed. Besides, this is nice, isn't it? Being able to have a good look at the churches and the windmills and so forth. And if we go too fast, we'll spill our cappuccinos. Listen, if you're getting a bit restless, why don't we play I Spy? I'll start. I spy with my little eye, something beginning with M. Meadow? Nope. No. Anyone else going to have a go? Is it my entire career in professional motorsports being pissed up a wall? <laughs> it was moss. 
Hi, well done. Congratulations, both of you. Great wedding. Thanks, Martin. Uh, I won't gabble on because it's your big day and you've got other people queuing up behind me, but I just wanted to say I- I'm really sorry about your dad, Helen. Oh, well, yeah, thanks. I was so shocked when I heard. I didn't even know he was ill. I mean, bloody hell. But look, never mind that now. Well, mind that now, but this is your big day and I've got you a card. Great. Do you, do you want to put it... To... It's uh, not a wedding card. It's a sorry your dad died card, which, <laughs> which I am. I'm just having to get a bit of a move on all these nice people. And, uh, Mike, this is a congratulations on your engagement card. Oh, well, well, better late than never. Exactly. And I'm sorry she dumped you. But she didn't. So, good. We're all up to date. And this is for if you have a child. And this is for if it dies. <laughs> You never know. Right, good. I'll, I'll pop off now. Um, you've got all these nice people to see on your big day. You don't need me going on and 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 on. I've got cancer. But listen. I... What? That's not the point. This is your big day. It's just I don't see you very often, so I thought I might strike while the iron... Oh God, is it serious? Are you all right? I'm completely... Don't you worry about... Look, look at all these people. I'm holding everything up. Oh, no. Is there anything we can... No, 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 no. Seriously, I'm as happy as... Larry, I really am. And look, if I don't see you again, I mean ever again, have a bloody good one. Lovely service. Great service. New from Your Money's Our Money Publishing comes an exciting new magazine called Buy Me, with an exclamation mark. It's the magazine for the woman who's in a rush, on the go and on the job, but not in that way. It's... It's crammed full of articles, features and items, all of which are basically different words for the same thing. Fashion, will you ever be as thin as the stick-like models showing off the clothes in issue one? No, which is why you'll buy issue two when we stick the word diet on the front in massive letters. Celebrities, everyone from real celebrities like Kate Winslet and Sheryl Crow to ones we make up like Herbal Thwanadak and Sizzle Montaging. So that you feel inadequate in your showbiz knowledge and rush out and buy our sister publication, Celebrito Knowledge Weekly. Buy me, with an exclamation mark, the new magazine for the woman of today and the woman of tomorrow, even though that's essentially a meaningless phrase. Sex, tips to keep your man happy, even though they don't really work, some of them are dangerous, and the whole idea of keeping your man happy through sex is an outmoded sexist attitude we've given a postmodern spin to and tried to pass off as feminine empowerment. <laughs> Buy me, with an exclamation mark, the new magazine for the woman who has everything but still wants everything, even though we just said she already has everything. What a greedy cow. Relationships. Take our test and see if you're a giver, a taker, or one of those people who genuinely thinks that answering multiple choice questions invented by some journalist trying to fill space and then making up some cod psychological justification for the answers is really the way to run a modern marriage. (laughs) Buy me with an exclamation mark. The magazine for women who don't just love life, they live life with love and love living the loving life that love lives for them. It's meaningless advertising tosh. (laughs) Buy me, buy it, or you'll get fat and die alone. Honestly, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me! (laughs) Darling, we're home! Joshua! Mum, Dad... Joshua, what have you done? Oh, I cut myself. Darling, why? Because you hate me. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Joshua, no, no, that's not true. No, we love... You. Come here, let, let me see. My God, why would you do this? Why would you carve these words into your arm? Because it's what I am, a loser and a dropout. Nothing I do will ever be good enough for you. That's not true. And Actually, loser only has one O. What, <laughs> what you've written here is looser. Oh, oh God. It's, it's, it's all right, it's all right. Let's, let's just correct that. Oh! Yes, and, um... 
Dropout should probably be hyphenated. Give me the knife. Stop wriggling. No, that just looks like an untidy mess now. Let's start over on a fresh arm. At Brow of Hill, fourth gear, 140, then left, left into the next corner. I'm sorry, but this is not the Black Forest anymore. We're still in the rally. This is the rally. We've just gone through a car wash. I was... I very much doubt that was part of the course. If you hadn't made me join in Old MacDonald Had a Farm, I wouldn't have lost my place. Why don't we ask for directions? We're not asking for directions. There's no shame in asking for directions. There is if you're a professional navigator. <laughs> Uh, Entschuldigung Sie bitte. Uh, wir sind im der Rally of Germany, Deutschland. Uh, wo ist die nächste Checkpointen bitte? Ich denke, dass Sie Ihre Weiße verloren haben müssen, weil die Sammlung viele Meilen von hier stattfindet. Sie konnten am Rathaus möglicherweise fragen. Es ist dort gerecht. Danke. What did he say? No idea. Possibly something about a town hall. Oh, great! Now the bloody in-car compass isn't working. Are you all right? I miss Caitlin. I, I really miss her, James. I know, Simon. Why don't we go and get some gatto? Shall we? I'd like that. Morning, Doctor. Good morning. Now, what's the trouble? Well, actually, it's a, it's a problem I've had for a little while, and I wasn't going to come to you with it, but my girlfriend, and of course everyone else I know, um, said I should go to the doctor with it, so here I am. So, wh what do you suggest? You haven't told me what's wrong with you. Oh! <laughs> Shows you how often I come to the doctor. Uh, I thought you told me what was wrong. No, no, first you tell me, then I tell you. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, well, right, here goes. What's wrong with me is, and, and you might not get all of this for reasons I'll come to in a moment, but it, it's happening now with alarming regularity, is that when I'm trying to say something important, the moment I get to the key word in the sentence, I make the sound of a... which makes it incredibly difficult for me to get my point across. I'm sorry? I said, when I get to a key word, I, I make the sound of a... Oh, I see, you make the sound of a lorry whooshing past. Actually, I don't think it is a lorry whooshing past, I think it's more of a... Pushing past. Let's not get caught up with that, shall we? I can't really see that being a very productive conversation. Well, the good news is, you're not alone. I'm actually pretty familiar with the condition. You are? Yes, I suffered from the same thing for a long time. It's rare, but it's pretty simple to treat. It's called... And all you need to do to control the symptoms is take two... a day. And, of course, it's very important that you steer clear of... Sorry? Take two a day and stay away from... I can't hear you. You keep making the sound of a doorbell. Actually, I don't think it is a doorbell. I think it's more of a... It's, it's probably best if I write it down for you. Take two ding-dong and stay away from ding-dong. That hasn't made it any clearer. Yes. It affects my writing, too. Sorry, Doctor, did you say something? No, did you? No. Oh, there must have been the actual door. Come in. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Doctor. I'm sorry to barge in, but I heard you making your noises again, so I brought you your two... Ah, oh, my two... In fact, the gentleman here is suffering from a bit of... And obviously I'm having trouble. So I was wondering if you could just talk him through what he needs to do. Oh, of course. Well, um, it's really very simple. You just take two... I'm Bill Paxton. ...a day and, uh, and stay away from... I'm Bill Paxton. Sorry? I said take two... I'm Bill Paxton. ...a day and stay away from... I'm Bill Paxton. Which clearly I'm not doing because mine has flared up again. That's amazing. So you turn into Bill Paxton. Actually, I, I don't think it is Bill Paxton. I think it's more of a, um, 
Oh, what's his name? Oh, um... I'm Bill Paxton. Doing an impression of Bill Paxton. <laughs> Look, it's probably easier if you just take this. It's all on the side of the bottle here. So just take two of these and I'll be... Yes, in the main. Well, that's great news. That, that's absolutely... Glad we could help. I see yours changes when you're happy. Mine too. Mine turns into more of a... Which I don't mind so much. It's quite manly. What about you, Sarah? I'm Bill Paxton. Gosh. <laughs> Nothing really phases you, does it? Right then, I'll be... Then. Yes, take... I'm Bill Paxton. Yes, mind how you... I wanna know what love that is new. Business news now, and the Bank of England have announced interest rates... I'm sorry, to... Paul, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. We're just getting reports of some astonishing breaking news. It appears that an invasion of the Earth by an unknown but vastly powerful extraterrestrial aggressor is underway. Details are sketchy, but it seems that alien craft have applied overwhelming force on six continents, and reports are pouring in from across the world of vast, metallic, crab-like creatures laying waste to all they encounter. So, a massive and unstoppable alien attack threatens the Earth. What's your reaction? <laughs> Are you affected by the end of civilization as we know it? What's your perspective? Maybe you live on Earth or know someone who does. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Email us your thoughts on your imminent molecular evaporation at bbc.co.uk slash emergency apocalypse address. All one word. And let us know. And already this issue seems to be one that's provoked a lot of comment. Uh, Cynthia Nugent from Blackheath says... Will these so-called aliens be required to pay the congestion charge? <laughs> Somehow, I think not. It's one rule for us and another rule for alien beings. David from Poole writes, We need not look as far as outer space to find the real culprits, this spineless, oh-so-politically-correct nanny state government. Did this invasion happen whilst Thatcher or Churchill helmed our island race? I don't believe it did, and most history books confirm my view. Incidentally, we're hearing now that the aliens are making their way to London from the north and east, destroying all in their path. Back to your letters and calls. Alison, from what used to be Ipswich, says... Everyone's predictably eager to jump on the bandwagon of sneering at these extraterrestrials. How many of us have actually taken the time, as I have, to actually talk to one of them as he or she was eating my father? And then it just tails off into screams. And uh, Gerard from Dover called our letterline number to say, as someone approaching my 80th birthday, I think I'm entitled to comment, "'Twas ever thus." <laughs> I can remember when a certain Mr. Hitler bethought himself to overthrow this sceptre dial, and like him, I think these aliens may find that simple British folk are rather harder to conquer than, oh, ow, the lasers, the lasers. A uh, quick update for any of you for some reason more interested in the news than what some people you don't know think about the news. Uh, I can tell you the aliens have reached London, Parliament's attempts to bargain with the aliens have been rejected, and Parliament has been obliterated. But more importantly, I can tell you that Neil from Stoke says, say what you like about alien killer crabs, but by golly, they can organise an invasion. We have a lot to learn from them, though we'd better be quick. And uh, lastly, on a lighter note, Carl from Andal writes, where's Doctor Who when you need him? <laughs> in fiction, I'm imagine. <laughs> he's, he's right there, worse luck. Yes, indeed, because it seems we're running out of time, both on the programme and just generally. Uh, my producer tells me the giant alien crabs are even now advancing up Regent Street and will imminently vaporise us in our studio here in Broadcasting House. And remember, if you want to see that for yourself, why not log on to our studio webcam? <laughs> Simply go to bbc.co.uk forward slash radio 4 and click on... Ah! 
That Mitchell and Webb Sound starred David Mitchell, Robert Webb, Olivia Coleman, and James Barkman. It was written by David Mitchell, Robert Webb, Chris Reddy, James Barkman and Mark Evans, Toby Davis and Chris Pell, Jason Hazley and Joel Morris, Lawrence Howarth, and John Finnemore. The producer was Gareth Edwards. Yeah.